forced into it. As a regular citizen, um, I had no choice. I think a lot of American citizens see what's happening, and we realize that uh, like once you accomplish certain things, like I'm a Mason, I've accomplished certain things in life, that the politicians that we have elected aren't the best. And it's a lot of regular citizens, teachers, doctors, firemen, who's more qualified to be congressmen than a lot of people in Congress because they're more efficient. They're more competent. They're harder workers. And so once I've seen the failures of Congress, especially the strategy that we're using, I was compelled to get in because I can be Dina Titus. And so I was forced into it. What is it that Dina Titus has done or not done uh, that, 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 that got you motivated to jump into this race and to, and to jump into the race early? Which, by the way, I applaud you for doing that. Well, actually, I'm not jumping in early. I'm a civil rights leader and a homeless activist. So being here so many years, you know, when I started out, homelessness was like the guy on the corner that, you know, had a drug addiction or something like that. But in my district, District 1, homelessness is a humanitarian crisis. So it may seem like I'm jumping in, but I jumped into the humanitarian crisis first. And what has happened here in Las Vegas is what has happened in, in Los Angeles. I originally grew up in South Central L.A. And now we have a humanitarian crisis of large proportions in Dina Titus District of homelessness. And I'm not talking about some wino on the corner. I'm talking about homeless veterans, homeless children, homeless handicapped old women. And we're talking about on the news a homeless crisis or a crisis at the border with children. We have a crisis right in our district. And it comes directly from the leadership of Dina Titus because she's ignored the people who vote for her. She's ignored her district to the fact that it's a humanitarian crisis. So I'm forced in as a homeless activist. I've been out feeding people. I've been out there seeing it. And we can't just start stepping over the homeless and going back to our gated communities and our golf courses when we in other districts and forget that this is Las Vegas. We're one of the greatest cities ever created. And we cannot accept what Dina Titus has done. She has created a humanitarian crisis right in front of us. And anybody who lives in Las Vegas knows it's true. And this has happened under her reign. She's ignored it. So it's, it's, a, it's a crisis. And that's why I'm in this race. Starting up as a civil rights leader in a homeless crisis and working in the community, I personally see the damage of her socialist ideology directly on especially minority people and black people like myself. It's horrendous. So that's why I'm taking the district from her. And it's not the reason I can take it from her because the people are tired. The people in the tents vote, too. Those people pushing those shopping carts, they vote, too. And they know who's feeding them. They know who will close them. They know who actually care about them. So I'm not running for Congress for money. I don't need the money. You know me. I, I, I don't need anything. It's not something I start out to do. It's something I have to do. So I'm doing it in Jesus' name. I'm doing it in faith. And I'm doing it for the people. And that's why I'm really, as all the people who care about other people, we're going to take District 1. And we're going to have union support. I'm a union member. I'm a brick mason. I built District 1. I built the Bellagio. I built the Venetian. I've been in the Masons Union so long, it's ridiculous. So I put blood, I put sweat, I put tears into District 1. And Dina Titus, she's just getting paid. She don't care. So it's time for the people to take it from her. And I'm with the people, and we are going to take it. And this is a new Republican Party. This is conservatism. And it's not compassionate conservatism. It's action. It's actually doing what's conservative, feeding the people, helping the people, caring about 
how our unions grow, caring about the everything. Uh, her, my strategy is her strategy. Mail it in for Jesse. If they want to do mail-in votes, we're going to have the biggest mail-in vote campaign for Jesse Turner that's ever been created. We're going to use their force against us. One of the problems that we look, that we as Republicans and conservatives we lose is because we don't react with the same force. Their reaction to our election of our President Trump was so aggressive through intelligence agency, the media, they let us know that if we speak, they will unite and put us down. That is a very aggressive reaction. My reaction to get elected is just as aggressive. You know, Dina Titus is a socialist. She's done nothing. So conservatism will outsell communism and socialism every day if you actually are a real conservative. When you're in the community and you are activists and you talk to people in the community, they prefer a capitalist, free market society over a dictatorship of what's coming with communism. It's an easy sell. It's that we need more people in our party realizing that when you get smacked in the face, defending yourself is not a counterpunch. It's self-defense. And right now, we as conservatives should be in a self-defense mode. And you don't want to back us in. No, I'm gonna pay for everything myself. I don't want nothing from nobody. That's the problem. Everybody. I, that's why I didn't want to run for Congress because I felt it was like a bunch of beggars. Before I decided to run for Congress, I decided to get enough money to do it myself. Even Titus gets money from California, but it doesn't take that much money to beat a machine. It just takes finding a weakness. They're so think they're so powerful. They think they the Titanic, so they can't be hit by an iceberg. We're the liars. So there's no such thing as a David. There's, we never tried to beat them. We don't run strong candidates against them. They feel that they always being run unopposed. But when they see me coming, they know they opposed. So it doesn't take California money. All that money comes from California. She don't, people here don't give her no money. So her best bet to beat me is to move the Cal back to South Central where I'm from. She has a better chance running with Maxine Waters in California to come into what is really a red state with her communism and beating somebody like me who's been a conservative all his life, who's seen the damage as a black American man that the socialist policies are put on our race. So you can't sit up and tell me I'm a racist. You can't call me a Ku Klux Klan member. I'm from South Central. I'm from literally the ghetto. I worked my way to this position as a black American conservative. I'm not an African American. I'll be American African first. I'm not a person of color. That's just colored people backwards. As a civil rights leader, we worked for years to stop colored people's signs here, colored people there. The Democrats hate black people so much, they brought people of color back and took colored people and switched it around. And we supposed to even accept that. What they're afraid of is black men like me. That's why they tell you and everybody, we're the party of the black woman. That means they've lost already to black men the black young boys and the black families. And what the Republican Party needs to do to answer this party of socialist black women is to come up with strong, conservative, patriotic American men, women, and family. And it's an easy defeat, trust me. Because uh, God blesses America, and it's a capitalist. Well, I was the political strategist first. You know, so it's easier to win this year then it would be last year or next year. This is the best time to jump in, during the midterms. By the time I'm going to get elected and beat the Titans, 
number 46 because I'm going to do like uh, Maxine Waters. He doesn't deserve to be called president. He's just number 46. I'll do John Lewis. Number 46 is an unfit president and shouldn't be president. And I'm just repeating what they said about my president. So by the time these catastrophes of ideology and policy that Joe Biden himself not, can't even articulate, he's like he's just a puppet, gets around during these midterms, everybody will be ready to elect <laughs> a new direction. It's time for every candidate to jump in during the midterms. The only reason we lost last time because they used a hoax. And Dave was talking about he's a Russian, and we're going to have an investigation. And that killed us in the midterm. They I started, like I said, when I was 20 years old, 40, over 40 years ago. And so I've always been a Republican all my life and a historian. So I've watched the party change. And it's changed a lot for the better since President Trump came along. The Republican Party, starting in 1964, was the party of Goldwater, the party of George Herbert Walker Bush. And at that time, in 1964, Hillary Clinton was a Republican, and she was a Goldwater girl. And so they started building a party way back in 1964 with Goldwater and, and George Herbert Walker Bush based against civil rights, a party, extremely racist party, where... They didn't want black people to have civil rights or to vote. And that party was built by the Bushes and the Goldwaters. It, you know who took Goldwater's seat in Arizona after he retired? Was it John McCain? Exactly. He, he kept building the party. So the Republican Party, the old party of Bush, of hatred and racism, was passed on in Arizona to John McCain. And we and you just talked. The only ambassadors appointed this year with Cindy McCain and Jeff Flake, you know, Christian Sinema is a Goldwater Democrat. All of these people have been building the party, and they passed it to John McCain. That's why black people left in 1964. Up until 1964, before the Bushes and the Goldwater, black people basically were all Republicans, like Martin Luther King. And then we kept building this party, and we got to Romney, a group of people from Utah, so racist that they had a whole religion based on hating black people and marrying young girls. And they kept building the party. And then along came a light, President Trump. And that changed the party. The party changed for the better, not for the worse. And the very people who built this party turned around and joined the Democrats and backstabbed us just like they did with Nixon. It was Goldwater who backstabbed Nixon. Look up in history. It was Goldwater and them who went against Reagan. And it was Goldwater and them who hate President Trump. And right now today, we got a bunch of Goldwater, Bush, Romney haters in this party that's nothing but rhinos. And the party has changed for the better. And these backstabbing Judases have joined the Democrats until we come out of denial that the last three presidents, uh, nominees for president, the Bushes, the McCains, and the Romneys, have backstabbed us. And Jeb, ever-loving immigration Bush, was next in line. And we stop electing people aligned with these people and get these rhinos out of the party. We can't go any farther because everything we do, <laughs> they'll be against us with the Democrats, and it'll be bipartisan hate against the people who supported Nixon, Reagan, and Trump. It's a factor of winners' right history. Winning elections have consequences. So when you continually lose in this state, while other Republican states are continually winning, they're going to reap the consequences of winning. Elections have consequences. 
we have reclined ourselves to constantly losing. They understand that we have a losing mentality, so they start enforcing their authority over us. That's why they're going to have a supermajority. You need three-thirds vote to raise taxes. You need three-thirds vote. You, have you heard in New York where they're talking about 800,000 non-citizens can vote? Have you heard that, story? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're going to bring that here, just like in California. That's why they need a supermajority. We can't blame anybody for a supermajority unless we win. We're delusional. We're in some kind of denial that we're not in a new state of California. Republicans in California are big Trump supporters like me, but they're still in California. Republicans in New York, there's a bunch of Trump supporters like me in New York, but they're still in New York. So we got to realize that unless we win, winning has consequences that worse is yet to come. Higher taxes. Now I said all of we complaining about a lot of things that we can't do anything about because we're not winning. And we've been losing so much that we have to accept we're paying the price of losing. And if you want the rewards of winning, you better put people there who's not right now we gotta take it. That's why I'm taking District One. I I know I'm a win because I'm a taker. And if anybody don't like it, they can step into the Rush Limbaugh arena of ideas and debates, rhino or communist. And off with your head. We districted the whole thing now. They gerrymandered it. Just like Republicans did in Ohio. In Ohio, Republicans did the same thing. They gerrymandered it where Democrats can't win. Well, they had enough in the legislation to do that. Then the Democrats complain is racist against black people. Then they come here and do the exact same thing the Republicans do in a red state. They gerrymandered it for themselves. So they did it here where white people are no longer the majority in any district. White people are now political minorities. Well, this party has never really done nothing from the leadership on down, other than people like me, to be appealing to minorities. The Democrats know that, especially now in District 1. If you come to District 1 running with that Bush, McCain, Romney, Goldwater crap, you can't possibly win. And because they redistricted so many candidates that was in District 3 that's running on prosperity and we're going to keep golfing behind these gates, we didn't have candidates running where they're going by these parks and these parks are full with homeless people. We, we didn't have candidates coming up north side of District 1 that's now is the southern side and the north side. None of these candidates put any time in there but me. So we have to have people that can grow the party with minorities. And if you think the Democrats flunked history like obviously some of these Republicans did, they didn't. They know what Goldwater, Bush, McCain, and Romney people are all about, and you can't bring that crap to District 1. And if anybody want to bring it there, these rhinos, who would turn on you in a heartbeat, like the Goldwater people just put out a letter saying how they hate Trump and Trump supporters, and how they, after they did all this, they want to talk around and join the Democrats and crank that of the party where President Trump brought in more black people than ever. The reason the party's way better, yeah, we changed way better because it's growing. And all of these people who hate President Trump and the fact that so many black Americans came in here, if they don't like it, I'll be your huckleberry. I'll be that gladiator right there in Rush Limbaugh Arena because I can defend myself. And don't hate, come debate in peace and nonviolence. And we're going to take the state back just like that. And that's how we're going to allow Romney people that work with them. I'm not naive. I'm a real politician. I understand political strategy. I understand i got to defend both flanks. I know I'm in a two-front war. And the dirtiest, most scariest people was these people who left the party and joined the Democrats, these Benedict Arnolds. The Democrats have no policy. They just elected the president from out of a bunker with the help of these people. No party could withstand the last three leaders turn around and defecting and joining the other team. Not only did we survive, we got stronger. We don't have nothing to be ashamed of. 
no, the Democrats couldn't lose Clinton and and Barack Obama uh, and, and half of uh, Maxine Waters. They join us and ever survive. We survive getting rid of some of the worst people in the world, and the Democrats just picked up our cancer. We just got rid of cancer. The Democrats just picked up cancer. They're going to regret the day Liz Cheney and Adam Ratzenberger and all these no-good backstabbing Judases joined them. And we're going to grow and prosper and become the real party of the Big Ten. Now that that cancer is gone, and it's nothing that's going to stop us in Jesus' name. You are a Republican, and you sit in a room with all white people, and you think that they, that you're now saying that we're the, thinking you're still the majority. You can't represent all—you're now the political minority. So the Democrats are excited because they don't expect a candidate like me to come. The majority of cookie-cutter Republican candidates have got these consultants reading up a piece of paper, said, I'm against this, and I'm for that, and this is what I'm going to do. they looking for them to come. That's what it's set up for. Did it help? Dennis Titus is upset because he got to deal with an unusual, unique candidate like me with an undefeatable strategy because I'm a peace and nonviolent person, and you have to agree to peace and nonviolence before I kick your butt in a debate, and you can't hate. You just got to debate. But the average, I'm not the average Republican politician. I'm a black American, grew up in South Central L.A. This is now California. If you don't have a platform that can win in California, you can't win here. I could beat Maxine Waters in California. I could beat anybody in New York on peace and nonviolence and defending my position as a proud black American and a Trump supporter. And if you don't have a platform that can win in San Francisco now that we California, you're still dreaming.